Hey everybody, welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell Kickstarter edition. I am your favorite co-host, the Caleb G. And tonight we have a very special guest in our virtual interview loft. So uh, put on Huey Lewis and the news, get your gold Amex out, and uh, put down the style section. Because uh, we're going to be talking about murders and acquisitions with Craig Campbell. Craig, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. That is a great catch. Murders and acquisitions sounds an awful lot like... A very particular movie that is now also on Broadway... Well, it's uh, yeah, American Psycho, where he says uh, he wants to say he's saying that he's in mergers and acquisitions, but he's imagining himself saying I'm in murders and executions. Unless it really did happen, because I still don't right, know. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, who knows? Who knows? Who it's knows? your interpretation. But that's but that but that is where the title "Murders and Acquisitions" came from. It's a blending of those two. And I'm also a huge Huey Lewis and the News fan. No joke, own every album. Well, how can you not be a huge Huey Lewis and the News fan? It's just wonderful music. But we're not here to talk about movies and music. Understood. Let's talk about you, Craig. How you doing tonight, sir? Hi. I'm doing okay. Things are cooking along on the Kickstarter. Uh, it's a little little bumpy for a bit there, but we're settling into a groove and things are moving. That is the best thing to hear. Uh, Murders and Acquisitions is a new role-playing game that you are creating, and uh, it is on Kickstarter. We will go into the details later, but I'll give you a little teaser here, kids. It's already funded. So this thing is going to happen. So uh, we are just encouraging you to go in and keep this thing going, get those stretch goals uh, achieved so we can make the game even better. Uh, Craig, welcome to the RPG Academy. It is great to have you here. Thank you for uh, bringing me on by. This you're my you're my first podcast. Hey, my absolute pleasure. Uh, <laughs> so why don't we introduce you to our listeners' audience? Who is Craig? What do you bring to the table here? Uh, well, my name's Craig Campbell. Uh, I started uh, playing RPGs actually in college. Not not so young as some of the designer types out there. Um, my my uh, first year of college, right before the first year wrapped up, I played D and D, a Ravenloft game. Devoured all the books that summer. Came back, played like crazy through uh, throughout throughout college and after. Um, back in 1999, I wrote my first piece for Living Greyhawk for the year one of Living Greyhawk. I wrote a, an adventure, um, kind of dabbled in a few articles and things for Dungeon and Ma Dun uh, Dungeon Magazine. Um, about seven years ago, I got laid off from my day job and suddenly wanted suppl needed supplemental income. Uh, so I fired off uh, uh, query letters to some people, and I started working and writing, and I've got about 30-plus uh, paid um, credits for Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, Gamma World, and most recently, Iron Kingdoms. That is outstanding. <laughs> and now I'm writing my own game because I'm a sucker. <laughs> Anyone who gets into the role-playing game hobby eventually at some point says, Hey! I think I can make my own game. I can do this. <laughs> half of us write down those notes and they sit on the shelf. And then the other half say, hey, I've done this before. Hello, Kickstarter. Let's do this. Yep. And I've done it before, too. And this is the first time that it gained traction because they're not all winners. That's very true. Uh, but you've, you've been through a lot, Craig. You, you've learned the ropes. You obviously have a lot of uh, writing talent under your belt. You've got the experience. Uh, and, and you have your own production company, Nerdburger Games, right? Yep. You can check it out at nerdburgergames.com. There's blogs. There's information on the Kickstarter. There's information on uh, the schedule of like where I'm going to be and what podcasts I'm going to be on, including this one. Um, there's all sorts of information there. Now, is uh, Murders and Acquisitions the first production of Nerdburger Games? It is. Wonderful. Um, it's the inaugural product, as it were. There is a second game that has just barely started to touch into design. I've, I've run one playtest at a local convention back in March, um, but I probably won't be doing too much more with that until about the time this game, uh, Murders and Acquisitions, goes to... Uh, once once layout is done and we get we start getting looking at proof copies when, we, when you're in those final stages before you ship it. Of course, of course. So uh, definitely, everyone needs to swing over to your website, see what's going on. Uh, but we've been we've been dropping the name murders and acquisitions. We've made a, a couple allusions to some potential uh, source material of American Psycho. 
but we haven't explained what mergers and acquisitions is. So, Craig, I'm going to turn it back to you. Give our listeners the uh, the elevator pitch of this um, pretty interesting and unique game. Uh, well, you know, the uh, the tagline is murders and, murders and Acquisitions is a tabletop RPG of espionage, subterfuge, intrigue, theft, and murder in an absurd corporate world. And that uh, that's a corporate world where everything is a little uh, more over the top, more cutthroat. People are literally backstabbing their way to the corner offices. Um, and, uh, you know, and always keeping an eye out on the, the people coming up behind them. So, you know, there's, there's a turnover rate in these companies. And I'm not talking about uh, hiring and firing. <laughs> Termin- in murders and acquisitions, termination means termination. You know, it's nice to have a corporate world where things are so cut and dry. <laughs> so uh, what made you come up with this game? I mean, this isn't something you just say, hey, I was playing D&D, but I just want a different environment. This is <laughs> I a- wish I could <laughs> pretend I was in an office. <laughs> no, that, that's a pretty big jump of logic. So yeah. how do you get from point A to point B, Craig? Well, actually, the original nugget of the idea came from my friend Matthew, a friend I was working with, and he pitched the idea um, as more kind of a board game, and it almost felt like a reskinning of Munchkin, where instead of working up levels of a dungeon and you know backstabbing each other and helping each other and all this, you'd be doing it through a corporate office. Now, you know, me being the a tabletop RPG designer, I twisted that into the RPG. Um, he's not a game designer by any means. He just had a, a, what he thought was a cool idea. I asked him, hey, can I run with this? He said, go for it. And uh, I was off and running. I had a uh, uh, the initial uh, run of rule right up in like a month and a half. I was play testing, you know, pr- pretty quickly. This was October of, or let me think, uh, uh, September of 2013 is when I started writing. I was play testing in November. And play testing continued up until about March of this year when I nailed down the, the last of the rules. Wow, that is a, a really fast turnaround time from concept to testing production. Two and a half years of a great deal of my free time. Not all of it, <laughs> but a lot of it. So uh, was this something that went through a lot of different evolutions? Is it drastically different from where you started? Um, if you were to look at the original documents... Um, there's there's definitely a similarity. The dice system hasn't changed considerably because I kept it fairly simple. Um, and the task resolution system isn't terribly difficult. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's intended to be kind of quick and painless. Um, a lot of what happened, what, what changed was all the little bits and pieces. Like the skills got consolidated a little bit. I kind of wanted to tighten the system up. Um, things got renamed. Um, some of the ways you can use, um, there's a, there's a, a pool of points that you manage for your character called synergy points, and they can be used for a number of different things. What you use those points for um, changed of, of various ways over the course of the, the run of the game. And of course, we were always expanding on um, optional rule add-ons. And you know, like the, the second half of the playtesting was really hitting on some of the optional stuff that gets tacked onto the base game. Gotcha, gotcha. So it sounds to me like uh, you came up with a really good foundation and a good concept, and the the years of working on it were just refining uh, and cleaning up the process to make it a good, clean game to sit down and play. Absolutely. Cool, cool. Well, I always like hearing about the behind-the-scenes stuff so we know what went into a game. I, I think it's always fun to hear about that. Uh, why don't we get into the nitty-gritty a little bit? L- let's talk about what it's like to play Murders and Acquisitions, uh, some of the mechanics, some of the things that you have put into this to make it a uh, a unique and easy-to-play game. Okay, um, well, one, one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to keep it, spe- especially since it was my first um, design, you know, game design of my own, I wanted to keep it as simple as as I could, well, without being too simple. A little bit of complexity, a little bit of extra fun when the dice hit the table, but otherwise a straightforward um, game system. So what I did was, basically, um, in the game you've got 12 skills for your character. And they cover the bulk of what you can do with your character. Every skill is rated from a D4 to a D12. Higher is better. Um, When you you attempt to uh, make a skill check, you roll that skill die plus a D6 which is called the synergy die, you add them together, and you compare it to a target number. 
So you get like a, you know, the upside down V curve of success. Um, the, uh, the synergy die um, helps to resolve level of success. So if you are successful on your roll and the synergy die rolls a six, you get a boon. So something better happens. You deal more damage. You hack the computer faster, whatever. If you fail on your die roll, uh, your skill check, and you roll a one on the synergy die, then it's a botch and something bad happens. So um, everything is contained within one die roll. There's no, okay, now I make my attack roll, and now I, you know, now I, I, I determine scatter, and now I roll damage, and now, you know, now they have to roll a saving throw or a, or a, or a soak roll or whatever. It's, it's like, boom, dice roll, figure out whether or not there's success or failure, what degree of success or failure, and you can go right then into narrating what that was, what that die roll actually meant, rather than sitting there and adding things up. Um, you know, there's there are there's no plus two, minus five, none of that. Everything is built around adding two dice together. Um, there are rules in the game for that allow you to bump your die types up or down based on circumstances, um, and there's ways to gain an additional synergy die, and then you take the better of the two and add that to the skill die. So it's always just adding two numbers together. No subtraction, no multiplication, no division. I like so much of what you're saying there, Craig. Uh, here on the RPG Academy, uh, my moniker is Professor Crunch. I am the guy <laughs> that is always digging into the crunchy mechanics of things. However, over the past, I want to say, year or so, I have really evolved as a GM and a player I'm really starting to enjoy more games that are a little bit heavier on the narration and more simplistic mechanical side of things. And I think Murders and Acquisitions hits that sweet spot really nicely. Uh, I love that the mechanics of the dice are one roll, one resolution, nice and simple. I like that you have some elements for strategy of finding bonuses, uh, getting hit with penalties, things like that, but they don't drastically alter that core mechanic. And I think the best thing of what you explained there, after the die roll, that's when you start narrating. That made me really happy. Uh, I, I love hearing that as we're getting into the game, the narration of how that role translates into the game world plays a big part. Um, I also like... Uh, looking at the character sheet here for Murders and Acquisitions, the, the <laughs> yeah. skills, they're, they're not strength, dexterity, constitution. They're things like public speaking, loss mitigation. That's different. That's a little <laughs> bit interesting there. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. A good portion of the, uh, the character sheet um, is built to look like a resume. You put your name at the top, you've got an employment objective, a professional summary. That's where you kind of summarize things about your characters in a more narrative manner. And then there's your 12 skills. Um, and, you know, there's things like, you know, instead of strength, you have force application, the application of force. Um, you know, one of my favorites actually is um, loss mitigation. That's not something that I use a lot in demos because the game's not long enough to do it, but loss mitigation is the skill you use to cover up all the terrible things you've done from session to session so that you don't get caught. You clean up the murder scene, you know, you 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 fix fix the room so that everything's back where it left where where the people left it when you after you got done digging through it for something. Um I love it. I love it. You are you're mitigating your losses. Oh, that is wonderful. So uh, this seems to be one of those things where it's kind of the narrative version of some of those more raw skills and stats that we're used to in games like Dungeons and Dragons. So right. loss mitigation might be a bluff check, a deception check, things like that. Uh, but you, you've obviously solidified it into the terms that not only fit the genre that you're kind of defining here, because I can't really think of any other role-playing game that is set in this setting or genre. Uh, but you're also kind of translating the intent of some of the more detailed skill sets into uh, terms that really relate to the narrative needs of murders and acquisitions. Yeah, like basically each of the skills can almost be considered as like corporate buzzwords or buzz phrases. 
Um, and those, I mean, so those went through quite a, a few changes. There were all sorts of things in there that, you know, I had to change this or that. Things didn't quite make sense. You know, there was a skill early on that was like when your, your melee, your, you know, your strength-based skill was actually just called problem solving. You know, <laughs> I, punch, I punch him in the face, problem solved. Um, but it, it turned into force application because it, it, was, it was too jokey. Force application is humorous. Um, it's not jokey. There's definitely a lot of tongue-in-cheek with murders and acquisitions. <laughs> Obviously, this is a very satirical kind of game. Uh, but but I like the fact that you, through your design process, evolved to create that focus. And, and I think that's really important that shows that you have not just gone with a, hey, this is funny, this works kind of game. You've went with a, well here's here's how it works here's why it works better so there's a great refined process in there um the uh the dice mechanic that you mentioned has a uh, a little bit of an echo to savage worlds are, are you a oh, fan yeah. of that system absolutely cool yeah as soon as we started talking about that as soon as i read through the playtest documents that very quickly jumped to mind. Uh, it's it's similar to the Cortex system as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there, there's quite a few systems out there that use the increasing or decreasing die types instead of the D20 and add a bunch of numbers mechanic. Right. Um, I like that. I like it because it's a little bit easier for the non-serious player to jump into and understand uh, it's it's easy to say, okay, well, I know a D6 is better than a D4. It's just as easy to say plus two is better or worse than plus four or minus two or whatever, but seeing those die types has a great tactical feel for improving skills, that kind of thing. Um, does, uh, does the system allow for improvement of skills as you progress through a campaign of sorts? Um, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's one of those games that I designed it sort of to be, uh, I mean, it's, it's easy for a one shot. You can create a character very quickly. You can, uh, using the, the information in the book, a GM can put together the skeleton of a story very quickly. There's a whole story ideas chapter that's just lists of ideas. Um, and you can roll dice or pick whatever you like and actually just put the skeleton together. Here's your main villain. Here's his number one hench person. Here's what he's up to. Here's some complications. Here's where some of the action takes place. Um, and then you just kind of fill that out. And uh, so you can put together a one-shot fairly easily. Um, as far as a campaign goes, it's not designed for terribly long-term campaigns. Um, you could run a campaign, depending on how quickly you advance characters, you could run a campaign that lasts as many as 20 sessions, but then that's only you're only gaining like one character point a session. Um, you know, you're looking... I think that probably the sweet spot for something like this is about a 10... 10 to 12 uh, game session campaign where um, you, you rise up through quote unquote five levels. Um, and, and it's not, it's not a level based system. It is a point based system, but the levels are there just to kind of put everything into five strata so you can understand where you're at. And the, and the GM uses that to uh, relate to NPCs and, and in the, some of the supplements, monsters and that like, so you can see kind of what's equivalent to what else, you know, what else, what's level three is, you know, this, this level three thing is roughly as powerful as that level three thing. Sure. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, so murders and acquisitions is not a level based system where you're taking your third fighter level and getting a feat or something like that. Your improvement, uh, as you increase levels, quote unquote, lets you increase and improve those 12 core skills right uh is there anything else that makes up a character in murders and acquisitions are there things like feats or quote-unquote class abilities anything crazy you can pick up along the way uh well there's there's two other um kind of primary components to the character sheet um other than like just tracking stuff like what's your health um and you know how fast are you and how many synergy points do you have um you've got a professional summary and what that what that is is you you fill it up with facets you, um, when you start out with, with a new character, you, you have a certain number of facets. I think it's three, uh, if I remember, because it's gone through iterations. I think I've, I settled on three. Um, and uh, they're, they're just adject adjectives that describe your character. They're guidelines for role-playing. And so as you're playing 
the game, as you complete encounters and, and you know move the story forward, there'll be uh, synergy point rewards, which are points that you can use in-game to get all sorts of different bonuses and, and little perks that you can do. Um, and whenever you gain... Um, whenever you might gain synergy points... Like you know, for for an, for a successful encounter that moves the story forward, everybody gets a synergy point. Everybody, you know, you get another one if you played true to one of your facets. Clearly, um, you you um, everybody. Um, let's see, I think like you know the typical uh, Benny's thing from Savage Worlds, where the GM can give them out for you come up with a crazy plan or you fail in some horrific way. Anything that's entertaining at the table, um, you can gain them. There's a couple of other ways. There's an optional rule or um, for. Uh, Everybody at the table at the end of the encounter, everybody gets a synergy point that they have to give to somebody else. Um, and and, it, and you know, equitable groups might just spread it around evenly, but other people might say, you know, somebody pulled off something incredible, and everybody just throws their synergy points at that person, and says, here, have a whole bunch. Now go spend them on the next encounter and do do cool things again. Um, it, you know, it's however you want to do it. Um, and then you also have areas of expertise, and you start with uh, a few of those, and you can. Uh, purchase additional ones with character points as you advance as well. And area areas of expertise are um, a series of um, they're they're kind of like they're the areas uh, the the things that you can do that you're particularly adept at or that you uh, have had special training in. And whenever you make a skill check that falls into one of these areas of expertise, once per game session for each area of expertise, you can reroll one or all of the dice. Um, you know, so areas of expertise are things like acting, uh, carousing, climbing, um, martial arts, sharpshooting, cybersecurity, uh, politics, spying. Um, so there's a, there's a variety of them. So you can kind of craft a uh, a uh, a style of character between the skill choices and your areas of expertise and then that kind of defines kind of like what your character is you know are you a kind of a leadery type are you a big brute are you a thief are you a manipulator are you a are you a cleaner um or you know you can be a, a, a few of those different things you know a few different things you can combine skill sets that's really cool uh, i like how the way you can create a character here is very much dependent on how you are defining the character. What what you have set up really becomes your abilities and options on the sheet. How you're telling the story, how you define yourself in the story, translates directly to what's on my sheet, what benefits me, what are the resources I can use. So I think we're putting together a real nice picture of what Murders and Acquisitions is as a game. Uh, since it is pretty drastically different from the games that we all know so well what's an average game session like what's happening in a story in murders and acquisitions okay um well let's see there's uh, one of the uh support materials that's going to be included along with the book i've got a series of pdf support materials i'm actually in the midst of of converting it from the original rule set to um the final rule set right now um, was an adventure called Farewell, George Bertram. Um, and so this 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 uh, adventure is set around the idea of your character's boss um, is has actually been very nice to you. He's one of these bosses that hasn't been a complete a-hole. But he's very close to retirement, and he's been beaten down by life. Everybody in the company has crapped on him. He's never had a chance to advance in the way that you would like to. Um, because everybody just everybody's used him as a punching bag, and he's going to retire, and he wants to give the big middle finger to his current rival. So he gets he asks you guys to help him out and dig up all the dirt you possibly can on this rival, and then he's going to present all of that stuff in full view of the uh, board members, of the executives in the company, and everybody else at his retirement party. And so, and then it, it's just kind of a question of getting from that invitation by him to just just giving it to this rival, um, John Silas, and uh, in, in all the different ways that you can do it. There's there's the big, the easiest, you know, in the adventure, you can try to get information out of people. There's, you know, one of his cronies might turn. You can, you know, kind of get info out of them. Um, they can spy on him and see what he's up to. They can uh, hack into his, uh, his, his little vault area that he's got this kind of uh, 
personalized, um, self-contained work area for him and his buddies and the projects that they're working on where they've probably, he's, he's storing a lot of the nefarious things that he's up to so they can dig that stuff out. And it's, so it, be, it becomes just kind of a, a, a sandboxy back and forth of like, how do the characters want to dig up this information? And then, you know, ultimately give a big middle finger to him on behalf of their boss. And then in the process, they gain um, George Bertram as um, a contact in the future. So for future game sessions, um, he, he, he never got very far, but he knows a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, they also uh, gain um, a few enemies um, from, you know, in the process of screwing this other guy over. So it's, 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 it's kind of intended as the first adventure in a campaign, although you could certainly use it later down the road, too. Well, you know, Craig, that really doesn't sound that much different from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you know, we just swap out uh, managers for opposing kings of different countries. Sure. Uh, we, we swap out uh, hack the security system for go through the catacombs to find, find the, the ancient... Find the, pu- find the puzzle entry to the dungeon. Exactly. And solve the puzzle entry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they say that there's, what, like seven original stories in the world? Something like that. Every everything's just a variation on those seven. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in a in a game of murders and acquisitions, a couple times as we were talking before, you, you threw out the M word. You threw out monsters. <laughs> are, are there monsters in the office building? Do I need to be worried about going down to the basement, Craig? There may or may not be monsters in the office building. Oh, uh, the, the core game is built around what I've described, like this alternate version of our real world where everything is just a little more cutthroat and over the top and kind of tongue in cheek. You can play it like that, and it's the simplest version of the game. Um, the stretch goals, as we're moving forward with the, with the, with the Kickstarter campaign, we're, uh, we'll unlock um, a series of chapters that allow you to add fantastical elements to the game, so you can have a modern day world where magic exists. Or where there's monsters, or where there's future technology like cyberware, um, or where there's cosmic horror, Lovecraft style, except maybe a little bit nicer. And you can mix and match all these rule sets. You can use whatever you want. They all play with each other. Um, they all approach their particular rule sets a little bit differently, so it adds a little bit of more complexity. Um, you know, the GM will have a spend a little more time prepa- preparing a game session. The players will spend a little more time generating and advancing characters, but not terribly so. Um, you know, I tried to make each of the subset rules. Some of them are just kind of expansions of existing rules, and some of them are um, kind of their own little subset within. You know, like these things work, like like uh, I'm gonna say, like spells versus cyberware. They work differently. You know, there's a, it's a different system for how each of those works, and mutations works a little differently than each of those other two. Um, and so it's just you know you can mix and match how you want. And it's in a lot of its flavor too. Sure, sure. Well, that's really cool. Uh, I, I like the fact that you have your core concept of this game, this world, this entity, uh, but you figured out the different ways to just kind of twist it and adapt it for the different stories, the different groups, the different. Hey, I feel like doing this tonight instead of that. Uh, and I think that that really reflects your history here in the hobby. Uh, what we talked about at the top of the show here, you've you've run the gamut of writing for a ton of different games. So you have all these great little pieces of history and experience to pull from. So uh, I really like seeing that. Uh, I really like seeing all of that history come into Murders and Acquisitions. Um, Murders and Acquisitions is on Kickstarter, as we said earlier. It's Correct. already funded. That is amazing. Uh, there's still 25 days to go. You're already uh, almost double your your starting goal. Um, you, this is great. This is awesome. Uh, at, at this point, anyone who says, hey, I, I wonder if I want to give murders and acquisitions a try, it's a done deal. It's going to happen. You're going to get this game. And uh, it's very clear from our conversation, this is a... A prepared product. This isn't something you're working on. No. Murders and Acquisitions is a is a real game. It's tested. It's prepared. Uh, the Kickstarter is to bring it into physical reality. Yes, it is edited. It is in layout as you and I speak. Um, 
the only thing that really has to be done is um, final art acquisition, um, you know, layout approval, kind of making sure everything's squared away, a final proofread, um, and then proofing actual physical copies. Um, I decided that, you know, I've, I've backed a number of Kickstarters and some of them for, for, for tabletop RPGs. And I've talked to a lot of other people and there's a lot of people who have gotten burned by um, games that just never came out or took, you know, a long time. And I'm not blaming anybody. So, you know, stuff comes up and if you go into a Kickstarter knowing that they still have things to design, then you have to expect it to take a little longer. But I am making it very clear on my Kickstarter that everything is finished. It is all ready to go. Um, I have a, uh, a, 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 an ex a projected um, delivery date of December of this year. And I know a lot of people will look at it and that say, ah, that'll never happen. Well, everything's written, it's edited, it's in layout now. Artists will receive art orders the day after the Kickstarter ends. They have a two-month delivery period and they know it. Nobody is overburdened with too many pieces of art. It's split out between multiple artists. Um... You know, there will be placeholder images in the layout document that are the size of the final illustrations. So it's just swapping them in and out once we get the actual illustrations. It's it's as streamlined as it can possibly be. Barring the apocalypse or, you know, health issues or something weird like that, knock on wood, this game will be in people's hands by December of this year. For being your first role-playing game and your first kickstarter campaign that is outstanding craig <laughs> bold bold words campbell <laughs> <laughs> congratulations uh on being so dedicated to making this thing happen it's very clear that this is uh, a passion project of yours you're excited about it you're focused this isn't just a hey i think this would make a good game no this is a <laughs> i made a damn good game and we're gonna make it uh, happen to get out into people's hands. So, wonderful. When I first started telling a few friends about what I was going to do, I described it as, eh, it'll be like a 30-page mini-game. Yeah. And <laughs> Two and a half years ago, it was going to be 30 pages. <laughs> How many pages are we up to now, Craig? Uh, if all the stretch goals are hit, it'll be somewhere 160 to 180 in the book, all depending on art and layout and uh, you know some of those little logistical things and there'll be a crap ton of uh, uh, PDF support material that'll go along with that there's uh, stuff some of it's already announced there's a form fillable character character sheet form fillable PDF so you can keep you know fill it out on the um, in your uh, PDF viewer you can keep it on your tablet if you don't want to print it or you can just print it and fill it out by hand um, there's uh, let's see what do we got up there there's a, a character or it's called employee rules one sheet which is basically a summary of the, the very basic rules that you can just put up on a standee or character players can keep with their character sheet so they don't have to dig through the book for the most basic rules um there's going to be uh um gm screens not physical screens it'll be pages that you can you know you can print them out on cardstock or you can put them in those funky uh generic gm screens that you can buy with the you know with the clear plastic sleeve you can get some, there's places online where you can get that type of thing. Um, and uh, adventures, we, you know, I just described uh, 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 Farewell George Bertram. There's going to be a few others. Um, there's other things that I'm working on. I actually was talking to a friend earlier today, and he made, he made mention of the Austin Powers movies. Are you familiar? Who's not familiar with Austin Powers? <laughs> okay, just making sure. Hey, I, I, grew, I grew up in the 90s. I, I know Austin Powers. So I... Uh, he made a joke about sharks with freaking laser beams, beams attached to their heads. And I said, that should have been a monster in the monster book, you know, in the, in the monster chapter. And it's not in there currently, and it's a little too silly. But I think I might throw together a few monster sat blocks for weird stuff like that and just throw it into the PDF support material. Um, I actually designed the uh, shark with, it's called a shark with a freaking laser beam attached to its head. And it has a, a power called frickin' laser beam. <laughs> well, there's only one correct response to that, Craig. Shagadelic, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. So Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That was uncalled for. It's never uncalled for on this show. So uh, why don't we talk about the Kickstarter a little bit? It's already <laughs> funded. You're going to make this game. You're going to get this book. Uh, but there's still 25 days left. Uh, so as, as of recording, yep. As of recording, yeah. Uh, we'll be releasing this next week, so there'll be, what, 20, 
20-ish days. <laughs> I was going to go higher. I don't know how to do math. It's a great thing we have murder and acquisitions, so I don't have to add that much. <laughs> uh, so there are still a lot of backer rewards left. Uh, Craig, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the rewards they can do and some of the cool things they can get. Uh, well, you know, I said that, like I said, the book is ready to go. Um, the, the, the core book is, is funded. Um, the next chapter after that is magic and spellcasting. It, it adds exactly what it sounds like. It's got a spellcasting system. There's magic items. Um, there's some magical traps that GMs can use. And there's a, there's a company that utilizes magic in its dealings. Um, and you know, they like, they hired out magical assassins and bodyguards and stuff like that, among other things. Uh, the next chapter is monsters and templates. Um, that's heavy on the monsters, obviously. Um, there's a, there's a buttload of monsters in there. Um, some of them classic fantasy types. Um, you know, there's, there's a zombie sort of, it's tweaked a little bit. There's, there's a vampire, there's a ghost. Um, there's a gremlin, but the gremlins are made of actual electronics. You know, they're, they're made of, uh, Wires and cords and circuit boards. Um, there's a tech dragon, which is a big robot dragon. Um, and then there's some, uh, you know, you know I, I, put, I put a spin on there for some of those classic monsters. And then there's some that I call urban weird. For example, there's a monster called the Thumpster, which is basically a giant animated trash dumpster. It's a mimic dumpster. Um, it, grows a pair of le- it grows a set of legs and its floppy plastic top grows teeth. And it runs around eating people. That's uh, awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, there will be an adventure that features those guys. Uh, let's see. Next up after that is future tech. That's stuff like cyber tech and nanotech. Um, and of course, there's uh, actually both of these have a, you know, each, each chapter has a company. So there's a monster run company. And there's a company that is out to build a better you by jamming technology into your body. Um, there's cosmic horror that's coming up as well. Um, that's, uh, all that kind of HP Lovecraft style monsters from beyond the edges of our reality. And they notice us and they come in and cult spring up and, you know, Hey, maybe there's a company that just, uh, made a pact with one of these eternal horrors. Hey, guess what? Yeah, there is. There's definitely a company that made a pact with one of these eternal horrors. Um, and there's dark magic in there and there's weird artifacts and, um, rules for insanity and all that fun stuff. And then there's some other stuff down the road too. Um, like I said, then there's also the PDF support material. All of that is free PDF stuff that comes um, at any backer level that gets you a PDF or higher. So the, you know, the first base backer level is $15 for a PDF of the book with all the support material, 20 bucks um, gets you all of that. Plus you'll get a coupon to print um, a hardcover or soft cover at drive through RPG. Um, and then, there's a couple of backer levels higher than that, but by the time your listeners are, are checking this out, they might be all gone. As we record, there's one left. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. uh, may- maybe someone's going to have some time travel capabilities and they can <laughs> zap backwards and grab one of those. Uh, that's all awesome to hear, Craig. I, it, this is a very accessible game, is the bottom line of what we're getting at here. $15 is nothing to pick up something that is uh, this well thought out, well put together, and frankly is very unique and entertaining in the hobby. So so this is definitely something that people need to swing over and pick up. Of course, the link for everything will be in the show notes here, so click on over and click on that back this project big green button. Uh, what's next for Murders and Acquisitions? Uh, other than the chapters that are going to get unlocked through your stretch goals, uh, do you have any future plans that we can maybe uh, tease out a little bit here? As far as the game goes or as far as the Kickstarter? Uh, both. Either. Okay. Okay. This is your uh, game here, Craig. What do you want to tell us about? Gotcha. Uh, the intention here is that the game is going to be self-contained. Everything that you need to play is going to be in the book, plus the PDF support materials. I don't have any intentions of releasing, um, you know, it, supplements or or building anything beyond that. It's really kind of it is kind of a niche within a niche, really kind of game. It's not necessarily something that peop- somebody's going to pick up and play constantly for years and years. It's something that they'll play a one shot here and there. They'll maybe pick up and play a short campaign once once in a while. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I don't plan to uh, do a supplement or a follow-up book or anything like that, but who knows? Maybe. Who knows? 
Um, you know, I'm more looking forward to moving into this other game, but that's down the road. We will we'll worry about that later. Um, as far as the Kickstarter goes, um, this is the first podcast that I'm I'm doing. I'm doing a bunch of others. Um, you can go to the schedule page at nerdburgergames.com. It lists all of them with the recording dates. I don't have the posting dates for everybody, but I'll post those up there as we go. And so you might end up hearing some of this, some of the, what I'm talking about here repeated in a few places, but every interviewer and every uh, podcast group is different. And we might hit on some things that, uh, on those podcasts that we didn't hit on with this one. Cool. Cool. Well, it's nice to see that, you are excited about murders and acquisitions, but also that you have kind of a realistic projection of what it's going to be. You're, you're not necessarily trying to make the next Dungeons and Dragons. You, you found a niche, you found a genre, you found a really fun way to tell a really entertaining story, and that's what you're making happen. I like that. I, I like being Thank able you. to... I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, th- this is one of those kind of kooky, goofy, off-the-wall gaming projects that just strikes my fancy. Uh, it- it's all about telling a fun story uh, at the table, having a blast, and just being able to go crazy a little bit. I'm excited about murders and acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I- hopefully, uh, the uh, people will enjoy reading the book, too. Um, just, you know, just, I mean, I know that's one of the things I love about games. There's games that I've just read the book and never played. I just enjoy uh, like exploring the world through the book. Um, I considered for a while getting really corporate speaky and weird in the book because one of my favorite game books is Deadlands, the original Deadlands. And if you ever read the Deadlands book, it's written in old timey old West speak. I mean, it's like this old prospector is telling you the story of the Deadlands. Um, And it's an incredibly fun read for that reason. But I thought, okay, old-timey prospector, that's fun. Corporate speak gets old after about three pages. Um, So it's not that level of humor in the book but there's there's bits and pieces of humor dotted in there there's all sorts of little things like there's a stat block for an office drone you know just your humdrum everyday schlub that you know under his his belongings it lists like he's got a cell phone he's got a wallet with a few bucks in it and a lack of hope (laughs) um you know stuff like that it's just there's little stuff sprinkled in there every so often the monster uh company the monster run company you might recognize one of your uh um, allusions to one of your favorite fantasy novels kind of embedded within that monster run company um which i didn't pick up on when i read read it because it was designed by somebody else and i edited it and i did not pick up on it until he pointed it out to me recently i'm very embarrassed i should have my geek card taken away we, um, we can edit that out, Craig. Don't worry. No, don't, don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll own it. I, I, I missed it. Um, yeah, there's just, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a level of humor that's in the game that I try to permeate. Just this, eh, sprinkle it in, pepper it in here and there. So you might find little jokes every so often. Oh, and beyond the illustrations in the book, there's a series of, well, it's a game, it's a game about corporations. So there's charts and graphs. Um. And all the charts and graphs are, are uh, tongue-in-cheek humor, kind of po- you know pointing out some things um, about the absurdity of the game. You know, there's there's a bar chart that describes relative damage of different different weapons, and so there's a bar for each of the weapon types, but they're all exactly equal because there's no differentiation in weapons. Every weapon does the same kind of damage, has the same <laughs> damage potential, um, except for harsh language. Harsh language doesn't have very much damage potential. Um, there's a chart in there that I can't remember for the life of me what I named it, but I, on the X axis and the Y axis are corporate buzzwords like, you know, synergy osmosis, one direction. And there's some other weird thing, the other direction. And the chart is a mess. It makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's there for a chuckle. Um, I I think, I, I think I need to make a couple more. It's certainly all things we've seen in our, uh, our corporate day jobs when we're not sitting around the kitchen table playing a game. (laughs) Wonderful. So uh, Murders and Acquisitions is a cool game. It's going to happen. You're going to have it, barring any unforeseen uh, attacks by zombies, elder gods, or... uh, Alien invasions, any of that. Alien invasion, sure. You're going to have it uh, by the end of this year. Uh, Craig, is there anything else you want to tell us about Murders and Acquisitions or about uh, you and your company, whatever you guys are doing next year? Um, well, I, I, I would like to just, uh, 
give a little shout to there's a bunch of people that are helping out on on this um some of them are friends of mine some of them are people that i went seeking out um to do things there's a a, a bunch of and you can go to the the nerdburger games page list it it's on the kickstarter page i'm not going to go through all the names here but i'd like to give a big thank you to all of the people who have uh, put their various and varied talents into making murders and acquisitions happen a variety of people did so some of them did things on spec because they like the game, because they want to support it, and they're my, f- and then they're a good friend. Um, they will get paid, assuming this all funds well. Um, we're already on our way to starting to pay some of them off because we've hit the, str- the stretch goal. Some of those people that volunteered to help me out are going to get paid fair industry rates for whatever it is they did. Um, only then will I start to reimburse myself for the money <laughs> that I've spent already. Um, so there's, you know, it, it, it's, this isn't about just, you know, putting money in my pocket. This is about paying the people who helped to make this happen. Um, cause they deserve it. And, uh, there's a bunch of them. And then of course there's, you know, there's, there's other people that are already being funded too, like the artists and so forth for the, for the remaining artwork and, and some, some editing. So thank you to all you guys. You know who you are. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, Craig, thank you as well. Thank you for spending uh, some time here with me tonight. Thank you for bringing this game to the game table. I'm excited for Murders and Acquisitions. I think this will be fun. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we will uh, play a game of it at a Catacon this year. Anything could happen, right? Um, Yeah, I kind of gave you the whole rule set to look at. (laughs) So I could give you an adventure as well, and maybe you uh, you could run some. Well, we will see what happens as uh, the year progresses. Craig, thank you so much for uh, your time this evening. It was a blast talking to you. And uh, best of luck with the rest of the Kickstarter campaign for Murders and Acquisitions. Thank you much. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad I got the chance to get on here and talk. I've been listening to your podcast for a little while. I always enjoy them, particularly the uh, show and tell sections, just because I like to know what other people are doing so that I don't do that same thing um, and shoot myself <laughs> in the foot <laughs> and saturate the market for that type of game experience. Um, and I'm thankful that I got this far with this game and didn't start all of a sudden, you know, three months ago, somebody, oh, that's my game. They just launched my game. <laughs> um but uh, everything's going well. If, but uh, I, I, you know, to all you listeners out there, I don't know who you are, how many of you are listening. But check out the Kickstarter. Like, uh, like we've been saying here, it's it's a very uh, reasonable cost. There's stretch goals to to go through. It's going to take some ex- some some more backers to hit all those stretch goals um, because it's primarily fifteen dollar and twenty dollar backer levels left. So, but you know, it'll it'll add up. And uh, you know, check it out. Back it if you like it. Um, if you, if you're not terribly into it, that's fine, but you might know somebody who might be and, you know, spread, spread it onto them. Um, as I say with uh, me and my buddy on our podcast, spread the nerd. (laughs) So, uh, let's throw a last plug in here, Craig. What is this other podcast that you do? Well, this is Nerdburger Games that I'm doing. Surprise, surprise. The podcast is Nerdburger Show. Um, I should have seen that coming, (laughs) right? Well, the podcast came first. Um, and the, and the name actually came from my podcast partner. Um, it's nerdburgershow.com. It's a uh, one-hour weekly potpourri of geeky and nerdy uh, news and discussions, all slathered over with a healthy dose of humor. It gets a little racy now and then, um, but we do bleep things out, except for one uh, episode where we got Rob Schwalb on, and we just let him go on a tear. Um, and it was filled with uh, incredibly um, inventive uses of profanity. Uh, <laughs> Gotta love Rob Schwalb. He yeah. is uh, an awesome fella. He was at uh, he was at a Catacon last year. He'll be there again this year. Yeah, I saw oh, that. It was a great time. That's love great. hanging out with Rob. Rob is a ton of fun. If you can sit him down for a, for an hour or two at dinner or drinks and just let him tell stories, and he weaves a hell of a story. The guy has a way with words. He's a writer. Surprise. Um, and uh, for the record, murders and acquisitions is Rob Schwalb approved. Um, he had some nice things to say about it right there on the Kickstarter page. And he actually uh, reviewed the uh, the draft copy uh, about uh, five months ago and gave me a lot of pointers that helped me really clean up the presentation of the information. So big thank you to him as well. That's awesome. And Jason Bowman, who said nice things too. And my friend Dave Lupo. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we just going to keep trailing on no, 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 a whole no. bunch of people here tonight Craig we can do it let's take all the time we want <laughs> no no I'd like to thank the academy I'd like to thank God I'd like to thank my mom my dad 
I'd like to thank Satan. Wait, no. All right, here, com- here comes the vaudeville hook, Craig. We're going to pull that out. <laughs> gotcha. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate uh, talking to you here tonight, Craig. Everybody else, go check out Murders and Acquisitions. It's on Kickstarter. The links are in the show notes. You're going to have fun with this game. Throw out some coin and get that book later this year. Uh, for myself, for Craig, for Michael, for everyone on the RPG Academy and the RPG Academy Network. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at therpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.